Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast with me, Caroline Forn. So I was hoping to publish an episode with a guest this week, as I did reference it last week, but that sound is there, it's beside me having a nap, sighing, and also Barry's beside me playing his video games, so if either of you make a noise, you're getting booted out. But anyway, as I was saying, I was to have a guest, and unfortunately something came up and they weren't available, so I thought... Maybe this is a perfect opportunity to dedicate an episode entirely to answering as many of your questions relating to anxiety as I possibly can. So I put it out on my Instagram and I got such a huge response. So thank you so much for sending through your questions and apologies in advance if I don't get to your specific question. A lot of them were the same and some of them were about my personal experience with anxiety and some were more so from people looking for specific advice for their experience or for someone that they know. So I'll lash through them and hopefully it'll be of some help. I will say though that so many of the questions that I got are already answered in very detailed episodes on the series so far and in the books. So if you're struggling with anxiety and you've yet to get your hands on either owning it or the confidence kit and you haven't even listened to some previous episodes, please do scroll through and find what's relevant to you and please do get your hands on the book because you'll find so much of what you're looking for in there. Um, So it's owning it in the confidence kit in Ireland and the UK and Australia and then in America and Canada, the books are called Own It and then the confidence kit is called you got this which I know is a little bit confusing and that will be out in America on shelves in April of this year. So in no particular order I'm going to just crack into what you're asking me. First one I I thought it was funny. Sorry if I cause offence by saying it was funny but am I a vegan and can a vegan diet help with anxiety? I am not a vegan although I do post sometimes about vegan treats because I'm lactose intolerant and I would gravitate towards vegan treats because it just means there's no lactose in them. Uh, I really don't know that there's any research or science there that confirms that being a vegan will help with anxiety in any way. I know that Giselle Bunchen was sort of crediting her her whole well-being and her anxiety-free life to uh, veganism and I, I just think that's probably a little bit unhelpful because I, I think unless your anxiety, unless you have stress about consuming meat products, then consuming meat products would maybe give you a bit of anxiety but that's very very specific. I really don't think if you're struggling with anxiety the way that I was, I think going meat-free 
unless it's something that you just want to do I don't think you're going to notice any impact on your anxiety but again as I always say I'm not a doctor I'm not an expert so that's just what I think but I would not be turning to veganism as a cure um next one am I afraid of my anxiety anymore and how do I deal with the fear of anxiety itself and not the trigger for me the trigger often is the fear of anxiety so sometimes if I start to kind of overthink how bad my anxiety was or could it come could it come back to that extent I'll kind of put myself into an anxious state of being and that's entirely driven by the fear of the fear it's becoming less of an issue these days because to answer the first part of that question I'm not really afraid of it anymore I understand it and the the reason I'm not afraid of it is because I, I understand it so well I understand my body I know why anxiety is happening I know that it's my body trying to communicate with me that maybe something is a little bit too much for me right now or maybe I need to pair back work or maybe I'm in a, in a situation that's not serving me well so for me I take my anxiety very much as a means of communication that my body I'm so in tune with my body that it's I'm able to tell via any anxiety that does pop up when something's not right so for me it's more of like a, a friend and a warning system and yeah the fear the fear was something that was probably like the biggest issue for me in the re- in recent years was like what if it comes back what if I suffer to that extent again and I have to just remind myself that it'll never come back to the extent that it did that it that it affected me before because I know too much I I understand myself and I understand anxiety so well now and you're completely able to understand that yourself and I the books and the podcasts are a great place to start if you feel that you don't understand it so knowledge is power it's very empowering and um, does it ever go away or are you always prone to having anxiety also um i'm not mentioning anyone's names on any of these questions so sorry if you wanted to have your name shouted out i just figure these are all quite personal questions and maybe you don't want your name mentioned so i'm keeping it anonymous but yeah does it ever go away or are you always prone to having anxiety i think thinking that it's something that you have to get rid of permanently is precisely what's going to keep you in it permanently for so long I was obsessed with curing it and getting to a point where I was anxiety free but again that comes from a lack of understanding about what anxiety is and what stress is and stress and anxiety are always going to be features of our lives it doesn't mean that you're suffering from them to the extent that I was or that maybe you are right now but we all have a stress response it's going to fluctuate sometimes depending on what's going on in our lives and unless you relocate to a tropical beach chances are stress is going to be a feature so for me it's not really about getting to a point where I never have anxiety but getting to a point where I can manage it so well that it doesn't negatively affect me and I do think that certain people and I would be one of them are probably more prone to having anxiety especially if you've had it before because you're just maybe a little bit more sensitive you feel things more greatly I would accept now that I'm probably someone who's, you know, if I had too much going on, I'm I'm prone to feeling anxious. But again, to go back to that point of, I'm actually kind of grateful for it that, you know, someone else might not feel any anxiety at all. And then that might be the person who drops out of a heart attack one day because they've been pushing and pushing and pushing without ever being in tune with what's happening in their body. And again, it's that communication system between what's working for you and what's not. So yeah getting to a point of of managing it which is my whole it's my whole message throughout the whole series and throughout all the books is is to accept that maybe you're someone who's going to be prone to anxiety maybe it's going to flare up sometimes but when you get to a point of owning it and managing it in the ways that I've done it really isn't a daily feature of your life I get a question a lot about therapists if I can recommend any therapists 
and I can't unfortunately I do not have a therapist myself right now I would love to find one Um, it's very hard to find a therapist that works for you I, I actually think it's a problem that needs to be addressed in some sort of tech way like maybe some sort of like speed dating or tinder for therapists Um, maybe I'll get to that at some point but it's such a personal thing and recommending a therapist like if, if I did have a therapist who was brilliant for me it doesn't mean that they'd be brilliant for you it's it's so personal so I would say what I have done in the past is I've advised people if they're in Ireland anyway to go on to mymind.org where you can have a therapy session that's relatively affordable and you do it via Skype so it's less of a commitment and you can maybe try out some people see how you get on but typically you're never gonna you're not gonna know if someone is right for you in the first session because you know in the first session you're starting to tell your story you're trying to give context it's usually not until the second or third session that you kind of feel if you're getting somewhere so unfortunately like there's no I don't have an answer for that question I just think look at what's available to you locally um ask around locally about different clinics and go on the website, read up about the different people and and you're going to have to just probably take a financial risk of booking in with someone and seeing how you get on. Um, I've had a couple of different therapists over over the years who I've all, I found them all brilliant. Um, the one that was the most amazing for me was a woman who was from the north who I recorded, I didn't record, sorry, I didn't record, I had had the chat with her over FaceTime and that was great because my anxiety I was so bad at the time that it meant I didn't have to go anywhere so it was just another little layer of comfort that I could be in my PJs at home and then eventually she she had to stop working because her mom got sick and she just anyway it was the worst thing ever for me selfishly because I I was finding her so helpful um but now I would like to get back to having a therapist just more so to from like a maintenance perspective someone to go to maybe once or twice a month just to talk through some things um because even though I talk to you guys on the podcast um I'm often doing it from a from a perspective of trying to help other people and there's still an awful lot that I have to figure out for myself and I'm still learning and there's still a lot that I don't know and a lot that I have to process that maybe I I need to brush up on my my own owning it skills are you still on medication? Oh yeah, that was a big one. I asked, got asked that a lot. And how did you make the decision to go on medication? And can you help me to get off my medication? Um, yes, I am still on my medication. I went on medication in 2014 after about, um, must have been about six months of really crippling anxiety. And I in the beginning of the anxiety phase when it was so unknown to me the last thing I wanted to do was go on medication because I just I was very much involved in that stigma that thought that's just for crazy people and um you know how is it going to make me look if I need to go on medication and I need to be able to get over this myself otherwise I'm weak so I was very much part of that problem and eventually I made the decision to go on it because I was struggling so much I wasn't benefiting from you know the things like going for a walk or having a chat or even therapy on its own wasn't doing enough for me at that point because my symptoms were so physical I wasn't able to sleep my hormones were so all over the place because anxiety is all hormone related that I eventually decided I need something to help me get my head above water and maybe I'm just maybe I had gotten to a point where I was experiencing so much stress and anxiety that I couldn't just talk myself out of it there was a lot of physical um change that needed to happen to kind of give me a hand so actually when I made the decision to go on medication everything changed for me in that I felt like that was the strongest moment I had and I said to my parents and my boyfriend and my friends I'm going to make this decision to go on medication because 
I need to try something that will help me and like why wouldn't you if if you're if you're struggling so much and you're not getting anywhere and it's affecting you your sleep and you can't leave the house and you're physically sick with anxiety why would I torture myself by saying no you can't take that when that's what it's there for it's not something you're ever going to take without the guidance of a medical profession professional um now I do have an episode dedicated to or to anxiety medication with a psychiatrist um Dr Rosie Plunkett and I would recommend going back to that episode. She is obviously a psychiatrist, so she can give advice and recommend. I I can only say what I did. So just to to fill you in, I went on, my doctor gave me Effexor in the first, that was the first one I went on. And after about six months, I was still in such a bad way that I was like, I don't think this is really working for me. Uh, So I changed it. And that apparently is very common that it takes maybe one or two medications to find the one that works for you or to to find the dosage that works for you. So eventually I switched to Prozac and... um, after a little bit of adjustment here and there eventually I started to feel the fog lift and I I all of the the tension in my body and the aches and the pains and the sickness slightly subdued so that I could then really address the anxiety and address the different aspects of my life that were causing the problem so for me it was I, I don't know where I would have been without medication but I do also think it's important to say that I was I was very acute and I don't think that everyone will need to get to that point um, I think if you can address your anxiety and obviously it's so important that you address you know if you're in a job that's causing all the anxiety you don't just want to take medication and stay in that job you want to ideally remove yourself from that situation so it's it's very much it's one part of the process if you know if at all uh, for addressing your anxiety so for me it was looking at my lifestyle factors looking at who I had in my life looking at where the anxiety was coming from and then deciding for myself that yes I need the help of medication so that was how I made the decision to go on it and I'm am I still on it yes I am still on it and sometimes I feel kind of shame saying that um and I do still sometimes feel like if I'm in a doctor's surgery and they ask me oh are you on any medication and I say yeah I'm on anxiety medication so I, I know that I'm still playing into the stigma but when I talk to my doctors about it, um, we have figured that it's working for me. It doesn't numb me or make me not feel anything. I still do feel anxiety with it. It's just that I'm operating from a level of like a much more stable level. Whereas before I was so low and so bad that I could barely lift my head up. So it for me anyway, that's that has been the reasoning. I've thought about coming off it sometimes and then I've thought of why do I want to come off it? And the reason that I've wanted to come off it is because I still think in my head I'm still judging myself for being honest and that's not a reason to come off it. Um so I I'm not sure as to my future with medication. Um I don't know that I even need to still be honest. I haven't tried going off it. Um but every time that I've considered going off it, something else has popped up in my life that I've decided with my doctor maybe now is not the right time to to do such an adjustment so I'll see and I'll keep you posted if I do get to a point of adjusting that but if you're thinking about medication go and talk to your doctor if your anxiety is so physical and you you feel so low and you just can't you cannot see the wood from the trees and you find that all the other stuff isn't helping you and don't be afraid to consider medication as an option it's there to help you it's not there for you to be judged about um, how do I keep hope that anxiety will improve and it won't always be like this? Um, well, if I go back to myself in 2014, I did not have that hope at all. And not having that hope kept me stuck in the cycle of really, really feeling so bad. And I just wish that someone could have told me back then that, you know, 
you will get to a point where it doesn't affect you to this extent. It won't define your life. And I didn't have that, but I hope that I can be that person for you or for anyone listening or reading. I promise you, you can get to a point where your anxiety is not completely ruling your life. If I had have just had a crystal ball into the future and known that I was going to be where I am now, I don't think I would have suffered half as much as I did. Um, but again, to go back to one of my earlier answers, I think it's important to kind of be motivated by the idea of getting to a point where you're owning your anxiety and you're managing it and you know how to handle it when it does pop up, but not getting to a point where you have no anxiety at all, because that, it's not a helpful way to, to live and it's, we're going to feel anxiety in our life, it's perfectly normal, it's so natural. Don't think of it as something that means there's something wrong with you. We all, every single person has a stress response. We all have the hormones that we release when we're put under too much pressure. And some of us just feel it more than others. And some of us go much further than others before we address it. So it's it's incredibly normal. And it's very essential for our survival as well. So the last thing, I remember my doctor used to always say to me, you know, you think that you'd be so much happier if you didn't have a stress response or you didn't have any cortisol. But like people have, people who don't produce cortisol or a stress response have so many health complications like it's so important for our functioning that we feel those stress hormones but obviously we don't want them to be kind of firing off in situations that aren't helpful how can i support my 11 year old daughter who is struggling with anxiety um yeah i get a lot of questions about handling children with anxiety and i think it's always really important to think about the age that they're at so um, I do explore this a bit in owning it, but from from the ages of maybe seven, eight, nine, uh, from from my understanding, is a time when a lot of fear responses can kind of get lodged in your brain. So you start to have a fear reaction to things, and you start to store things in your memory. Maybe you had a bad experience, maybe you got a fright one time, and then that will kind of lodge and come back at you, which was definitely the case for me. From time, I can still remember times being scared when I was maybe seven or eight, and even though an adult would have said, don't be ridiculous, you're fine, to a seven or eight-year-old, it's such a big deal. And also what's happening in your brain at that time is you've developed the ability to have long-term memory and have fear conditioning, but you have yet to develop the ability to rationalize and think logically. That doesn't really happen, I think, until maybe 11 or 12 years old. So those years from maybe six, seven to 11, 12, are really important uh, years. I think now if I had kids that I would be trying to help my kids um, come to terms with their fears in a way that they can understand them because they they can't rationalize it yet. So it doesn't help for you to say, oh, don't be silly. It doesn't help for you to apply your logic to it. You need to try and help them um, break down their fears in a way that they can understand. It's, it's, I mean, it's really complicated and I'm not a therapist or a doctor, but I think um, there are definitely some books out there. I know um, Dr. Mally Coyne, who quoted a lot in my first book, and um, she has a book coming out that I think is going to be all about parenting. So I would definitely turn to that if and, uh, if and when you need it. And I think that will come out in May. Um, and I'll probably do an episode with Mally specifically around kids and anxiety in the coming months. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Have you any advice for anxiety caused by work? Um, my anxiety kind of started out being caused by work, by being in a job that I didn't want to be in. And so you need to kind of think about, okay, is it, what is it about the job? Is it a relationship or like a particular dynamic in work that you can address? Maybe it's a boss, maybe it's a colleague that you just don't see eye to eye with. Is it that you just don't want to be in that job at all and nothing that changes in the job will make a difference? Can you get out of that situation? You need to ask yourself all these questions like, is it because your workload is too much? And if that changed, would you want to be there? Um, and yeah, so if, if it's caused, if it's caused by work, it's, it's really tough because, and actually most commonly it is caused by work, um, because it's such a big part of our life and it's something that people feel they've got no choice but to, to be involved in and I completely understand that, but you need to be able to make the decision for yourself. What specifically is it about the work situation that's giving your anxiety? Um, if you dread going in every morning, why is it that, what is it that you dread? Is it that you don't want to be there? would it do you think that you'd benefit from being in a completely different environment or do you think that if you addressed maybe something specific like an issue with a boss or with a colleague that it could then become a workplace that you want to be in it's very important with um work-related anxiety that you find the courage to tackle it head on and you know you're not going to benefit by if if you have a really toxic work environment and then you say okay I'm going to do a yoga class every day after work you might feel relaxed in the yoga class. It's not going to address the actual cause of the anxiety, which will probably just get worse and worse for you. So I think it's very important to look at exactly where it's coming from, what that is, and what, if anything, can you do about it? You always have options. There's always, you know, another way. We always feel like we don't have choice, but we do. Um, so I made the decision when I was in that job that, well, I mean, I actually, I didn't really make the decision. I kind of had no choice but to step back because I was I was not functioning. Um, and I I had to just say to my parents and my family and my boyfriend that I can't do this at the moment. I need to look after my mental health. So hopefully you're not at that point where it's, you know, so bad, but definitely address it head on. Benefit of pet ownership to anxiety. Um, yeah, I think having a pet is, I don't know, bears kind of sometimes gives me anxiety because he's quite an anxious little dog himself. Um apparently there's loads of research that confirms that having a pet is very soothing and you know you've seen all those therapy dogs and different therapy um animals that help people feel better because of the the hormones that we feel when we when we look at a dog or when we cuddle a dog and the oxytocin that we both produce both the dog and the human can only be a good thing um bear keeps me company i spend a lot of time at home alone i work for myself so definitely um that's hard to manage if you're anxious it's you know I find it hard to if I'm having an anxious wave to be alone so much so bear helps that um I wouldn't say that getting a dog will solve all your problems but um it can't hurt and to feel that love and that affection um is sometimes like a nice antidote to some of the bad feelings 
How do you know if you suffer from anxiety or if you're just a worrier? Um, I think you need to focus on the word suffer there. So I know that I'm a bit of a worrier, but it doesn't cause me to suffer. But I know that when I, I know when I'm suffering and that's usually when I'll say I'm suffering with anxiety. So a lot of people use the word anxiety. It's kind of interchangeable. I think a lot of people use the word anxiety for just being a bit overwhelmed or a bit stressed out in work. Um, and that is something that, you know, is very manageable without having it turning into anxiety where you're suffering and it's getting in the way of your life and it's, you know, affecting you from morning to night. So I think, think about the word suffer there and you'll be able to figure out which side of the spectrum you're on. Um, but being a worrier and being prone to things like catastrophizing and um, over personalization or generalization so say for example personalization is um when you you always think it's your fault or you find a way to relate something to you so if somebody's in a bad mood you'll say that it's your fault those kind of thought patterns um do give rise to more anxiety so but it might not be the kind of anxiety that you're really struggling with it might just be that you're a little bit of a worrier and I don't think there's any point in trying to not be that person because it's it's in your nature and you know I've tried so far in my life to be like so chilled and so laid back and it's just not who I am like I do overthink things and I've had to accept that um, but I just have to watch out for when the overthinking kind of runs away on itself and spirals into any sort of feelings of panic. Um, did I ever experience anxiety around being in a relationship? Um, yes so I was in a relationship when I was a teenager when I think I started to experience anxiety although I didn't label it as that at the time I it was all kind of issues with my gut and because I was in a relationship when I started to feel unwell I didn't blame the relationship but because I was in it I felt like he was very much my link to the outside world and without him like what would I do and how would I cope um so I remember when we broke up inevitably um I really felt panic about how could I ever meet someone new because how could I let them in to let them know what I'm really like and how, how I struggle with my tummy and how I don't really want to go to parties because what if I'm sick and all this stuff. Um, so that really did hold me back and um, I remember I did get into another relationship then and then when that one broke up I thought how will I meet someone new, how will I cope um, and then I met Barry and I think something that I would have benefited from back then and something that I would do now if I was single and I was approaching relationship is is again to be upfront about it and I do I have an episode with Ashlyn Keenan where we discovered we discussed this at length just a very one of my very recent episodes about um navigating mentioning anxiety and any kind of mental health issues when you're embarking on a new relationship I think it's really important to address it and to normalize it in such a way that like it's we're all playing a part in breaking down the stigma and we should be able to say oh yeah sometimes I you know I feel quite anxious or I I've, I have suffered with panic attacks in the past in the same way you would you know tell a new love interest some of your interests or your dislikes or your likes and um, I think if you are really struggling with it you're going to need to be with someone who can understand it or is willing to understand it anyway so if, if you're you have to ask yourself why you're afraid to bring it up if if you are and if if they're not the kind of person who is open to it and um can learn about it and and like help you and maybe they maybe they're going through it themselves as well then maybe they're not the person for you so I definitely think being upfront for me being upfront and honest and open is well that's just the way I am in every way but I can't imagine going into a new relationship now well they obviously would know that I'm little miss anxiety from the books and the podcast but I wouldn't 
I would not go into something now and pretend like I did never have a care, care in the world because that's a surefire way to feel it even more because you're creating pressure for yourself that you don't need to be under. Um, any anxiety about having kids and specifically about childbirth? Um, yeah, the anxiety I feel around having kids is just like very normal uh, fear and worries that everyone has when they think about that, about, you know, I, I, I sometimes think how will I cope or how would I cope if I was having an anxious phase while I had a child to look after and from um conversations I've had with friends who have experienced anxiety and are now parents a lot of them tell me that actually you don't have time to be anxious when you're a parent because and it's a good thing because you, you you're not completely absorbed by your own thoughts anymore you're spending so much time thinking about and worrying about this little person um that you actually are so much more outside of yourself uh so a lot of the time a lot of the time the anxiety that I feel starts because I have too much time to ruminate about how I'm feeling and what's going on whereas I think you're so much more engaged and proactive with a child in your life so that for me is sort of helps to ease that anxiety and the childbirth I don't know how you couldn't be anxious about that I mean it's something that's so natural apparently but it's so tough for women to do and I I would be very I kind of I don't really worry about that big life stuff like that because I just think I'll cross that bridge when I come to it and I've handled so much so far that I'll be able to I'll be able to put a coping strategy in place and um yeah like some of the I I worry more about things like my career or something like that but but stuff like childbirth it's it's not a it's not something I'm facing yet so I'll deal with this when I have to but I did I definitely am at the point now where I don't need to be concerning myself with worrying about what it's like to be pregnant or to have a childbirth when it's not it's not an issue for me at the moment um how do you explain to people that anxiety isn't an everyday thing that it can come and go um yeah I I mean you have to kind of ask yourself who are you trying to explain it to and why do they need to know and why do you need to justify it to them if it's your family or your f- your close friends or or your partner i think it's really important that as part of your management of your anxiety that they understand um how anxiety works and a lot of the time we worry that people won't understand when we're not giving them enough credit and we're not giving them the opportunity to understand by explaining it to them so i've had an awful lot of people read the book Uh, or listen to the podcast who maybe aren't the person who is suffering but wants to know more about it so they can understand so that they can be of more support to the person who is so yeah like for me it's it's definitely you know something that that comes and goes um and I would just sort of describe it in that way I I never say sometimes people message me and they say oh I also have like generalized anxiety disorder I don't use any of those labels with myself I've never been diagnosed with that label I just say oh, I'm having a bit of an anxious phase right now, if if and when I am. And if I'm not, I'm fine, I'm normal. I'm Not that the word normal is, is helpful, but, you know, you're feeling normal amounts of stress or normal amounts of overwhelm or, you know, a fear response if you get a fright or when you cross the road and the, and the car surprises you, that kind of thing. Um, So it isn't an everyday thing. And I think to explain it to people, it helps. I mean, you need to explain that, explain it in relation I suppose to their own stress response and you know help to give them perspective maybe ask them to think about when they have um overwhelm at work for example and how they 
do they ever notice that they start if they get overtired they start to feel stressed for quite a long time they start to like maybe lose their ability to rationalize certain things and say well that's kind of what happens with me where if I'm if I'm producing all these stress hormones and the anxiety happens I'm going to feel it more but sometimes that will all be settled down and I'll be fine um, so I do, yeah, I do think, I mean, I know it's very important. It was very important for me to have people understand anxiety. So, um, but I was lucky in that the people in my life were willing to kind of go and understand it themselves. And I, I really empathize with people who message me and say their their parents or their family have no interest in understanding because that's just such an added pressure. Um, but the main thing is to understand it for yourself. And the main thing is to be able to justify it to yourself you don't have to justify it to anybody else really I mean the most important thing is that you understand it and that you can cope with it um how to deal with the physical symptoms of anxiety and what what physical symptoms did I have uh so I had such physical symptoms um they were so bad I had a whole plethora of them but I would I wasn't able to sleep um because I was producing so much cortisol that I wasn't producing enough melatonin and melatonin is a sleep hormone that we produce naturally to get us to a point of drifting off. And so my cortisol was so elevated throughout the day that it just, the melatonin didn't have a chance. Um, so sleep issue, sleep deprivation on its own was, was a big issue. Um, and then I had, I woke up, if I did sleep or maybe I was just dozing in the morning, I'd wake up and I've had these horrible aches and pains all over my body and felt like the anxiety had just kind of crystallized in my limbs. And it was like really like flu-like aches um I had oh my stomach was just in bits like I just like that was a whole other set of problems sore muscles everything really tight um sore gums from just holding my teeth so tightly and I would have had maybe heart palpitations the odd time as well and then the physical panic attacks or the physical feeling the flood of hormones that feels like you're on fire from the inside out um so how did I deal with those I mean they were really really tough to deal with but I sometimes think it's easier to address physical symptoms because it's something tangible you can put your finger on so I would have every morning gotten up when I was really acute and I would have gotten into a, a bath with Epsom salts and said okay I'm at the very least going to relax my muscles I did lots of acupuncture which was so so beneficial for me in terms of those physical symptoms nausea was helped massively by um, acupuncture my sleep was helped massively by acupuncture and then with any kind of gut issues, I think it's really important that you need to sort of maybe figure out if your anxiety is causing the gut issues or if the gut issues are being, no, oh, I'm saying the same thing. If the anxiety is causing the gut issues or if the gut issues are causing the anxiety. So I have an episode already with um, Orla Walsh, who's a dietitian, and she talks about kind of knowing the difference there. It definitely helps to get that looked at because a lot of the time people suffer with gut issues. And then as a result, naturally you have anxiety because you're like, shitting yourself or having not able to go to the toilet that is very stressful so it's very important I think to look at um your gut as well so it's really addressing all the different symptoms of anxiety in different ways in a holistic approach that was um so important for me and then when I started to feel better those those symptoms would get easier and easier and to this day if I wake up in the morning sometimes and I feel those kind of that achy feeling in my limbs I sort of say to my, it's, it's like it tells me I'm anxious before I realise. And I'd say to Barry, oh, I felt a bit funny this morning when I woke up. And like, and then I try to figure out why that is. And I don't panic about it. I just say, okay, maybe there's just a little bit of tension in there somewhere. Maybe there's something playing in the back of my mind. And I know that it will settle down in a few days. And I know that now because I've lived through it enough times to know that it's not a permanent thing. 
panicking about the physical symptoms made them worse so do what you can have baths go for walks yoga was really helpful acupuncture i can't recommend it enough um how to overcome avoidance of stepping outside your comfort zone um this is something i've struggled with probably all my adult life and it's explored extensively in the confidence kit so i would recommend listening to that or and re- well you can listen to it because it's an audiobook and also reading it um to step outside your comfort zone you need to understand why why you should step outside your comfort zone and what i use to, to step outside it are these things i call stretch zone experiences where we you go outside your comfort zone naturally enough you're going to experience a little bit of stress and you expand your comfort zone by doing that and then you go back to your comfort zone you don't want to be in a situation where you're living outside your comfort zone because that's too stressful on the body and the mind and then we have going into the panic zone where we're suffering and we're not well so I break that down I think really clearly in the book and I think that would be a really great place to start for understanding the comfort zone and having respect for your comfort zone as well because it gets a lot of bad press and people are you know any kind of career stuff is like oh if you live in your comfort zone nothing good can ever happen to you well no because your comfort zone is where you rest and where you heal and it's where we should be spending most of our time because we can't be living in a stressed out state 24 7 but it is important to be willing to leave it sometimes so I offer very very practical advice and approach to doing that can you discuss the relationship between anxiety and personality i have a chapter on this in owning it and i'm pretty sure i've done not sure if i've done a specific episode on this in the podcast so far but yes there is a difference between anxiety and personality and for me being aware of that was so helpful and so important um and so for me anxiety is something that obviously is is very inconvenient but your personality is who you are so what I would do is say if something is causing you anxiety you need to ask yourself if I didn't have anxiety at all would I want to do this if the answer is no then it's your personality talking if the answer is yes then it's the anxiety talking and it's worth pushing through if the answer is no and it's your personality talking and you keep pushing through that you're going against your nature and who you are as a person and that's going to create more friction and tension so for example um, I would have put myself under a lot of pressure in when I was younger to be the kind of person who goes to festivals and camps and everything and because if I wasn't doing that I wasn't living and I wasn't showing my anxiety who's boss and eventually I was like but do I actually want to do this like is it my idea of a good time and if I didn't have any anxiety at all would I even enjoy it and the answer is no and things got so much easier when I let myself off the hook for that and said, you know what, it's not my idea of a good time. I don't need to keep pushing against my personality and who I am as a person to prove something to myself about anxiety. I actually sometimes need to work with my personality and work with myself and stop kind of treating your anxiety as as the enemy or something to push against, but something to work with. So always ask yourself that question. And if if it's if the answer is no, respect your personality respect the kind of person that you are because that's going to help keep you away from anxious feelings if the answer is yes then you know it's your anxiety holding you back then you can look at how to approach that which is something i cover in both books do hormones play a role in anxiety increasing it at certain times of the month and anxiety is all hormones so if you look at it purely from a physiological perspective when we have anxiety we have excess cortisol we have all those stress hormones floating around we have probably reduced serotonin and dopamine i'm not a doctor so i'm probably not accurate on these things so for me in terms of owning and managing anxiety understanding the hormones was a huge huge part and i do hope to do an episode soon with dr mary ryan who is an endocrinologist who is just the hormone queen um but yes know that hormones play a massive role increasing at certain times of the month for sure i would know that 
if I'm due my period or I have my period, I might be a little bit more out of sorts. I mean, we can all relate to that. That's going to be a vulnerability factor that may enhance anxiety for you. Uh, so yeah, understanding, if you, when you understand hormones and when you understand the hormones involved in anxiety and how they can interplay with each other and how an excess of one can cause a problem you then start to understand how it's not a matter of just having a conversation and not feeling anxious anymore to get to a point of not feeling anxious those hormones need to be balanced and calm and rectified and that takes time and it takes knowledge and understanding so I do cover that in the book as well and that's probably all I have time for now to be honest and um, so many more questions as I said are really thoroughly answered in both books and if not will be answered in a forthcoming book that is out this may and in all the episodes so far so i hope that helped um do go back to owning it and the confidence kit and if you're enjoying the series i would be so grateful if you could leave me a review um, and if you leave, if you review the books on amazon that would also be really hugely helpful it takes no time at all um, and if you want to tip owning it the podcast you can do so on my patreon page it's not essential it's not a prerequisite but it's very much appreciated because um, it does take an awful lot of time to put together these episodes each week uh, so you will find me there on patreon.com forward slash caroline foreign thank you so much for tuning in and i'll be back next week Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access the full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.